All right, so I'm here with my grandmother, Sandra Clark, a.k.a. Mimi. Say hi, Mimi. Hello. Hi to the people. Hello, people. (laughs) And today we're going to be talking about relationships and how they have evolved over time, but especially women in that time frame. So, and I think I have a limit here, but we'll see how, we'll see what happens. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to be focusing in on the theme of hunger present in most of the poet poems that we read, um, such as hunger for violence, cheating, and sex. But first, before we get into the good stuff, Mimi, tell me about you and Pop-Pop, a.k.a. my grandfather. They're married, and I want to hear how you met and how you started dating and the treatment, really, in your relationship. Okay. Uh, Pop-Pop and I met at a small Quaker school called Guilford College in Greensboro, North Carolina. I was a year ahead of him. So I'm a sophomore, and he's a freshman. And I was actually dating someone else, someone that was in the Army. Um, So... um, I wasn't exactly interested in finding another relationship. As I, let's see, I think it was the second semester, my boyfriend and I in the Army broke up, and I was kind of devastated by that, I have to say. Uh, At Guilford, we really went around in groups, and Pop-Pop was part of my friendship circle, my roommate, just a a lot of people. We'd go to basketball games together and and just do things like that. that. Go to Shakey's Pizza, (laughs) come back to the dorm after dinner in the dining hall, which is no way compares to JMU dining, (laughs) uh, and just come back from there and watch TV. Um, I met Pop-Pop in 1969 Um, and we became friends Uh, and he was part of that group as I said and then that friendship evolved into a a dating scenario of of Pop-Pop and I going to the movies things like that that's how I first met him though I wasn't in love initially. I just liked being around him. Um, He treated me nicely. His parents came to visit quite a lot. And I saw the way his father treated his mother and it was a beautiful relationship. So I felt like Pop-Pop would treat me that same way and he always has. Did he, like, chase after you when you started dating and stuff like that? Well, it's so funny. <laughs> when we talk to people, because we've known each other 50 years, um, Pop, the story that Pop-Pop tells is that he played football, and he's in the cafeteria with his football players after practice, pretty tired, pretty haggard, and he says, I proceed to walk through the dining hall, and he tells his friends... That's the girl I'm going to marry. Aww. And and he and he, and they say no way. She's dating somebody. She's very serious about this guy <laughs> in Alabama. And so, 
Pop-Pop said, well, we'll see. <laughs> so I don't know if it was love at first sight for him. Probably was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but that's the story that he tells. It's really cute. It's funny. Okay, so moving on. So we read The Big Smoke, which is a novel full of poems by Adrian Mateshka. I'm so sorry, Mr. Shapiro. I butchered that. Um, anyway, there's a poem in it, and it's called Courtship, and it's basically um, the author is equating violence to love. And now we're moving into our first subcategory of the podcast, which is violence. And it kind of really starts out happy. Um, he's talking to this girl. Um, I'll quote it. it. says, Hattie, you are as delectable and powdered as a bignette. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Bignet. There you go. Thank <laughs> God. God, you're here. Your skin is white enough to catch a bit of sun in its own sugar. And then it's a really long poem. So I'm going to quote the last stanza. It says, did you whisper that the gut hook dropping the man to his knees like a sinner meeting with death was for you? So it just goes from a really positive vibe, like the start of a relationship is always good. It's like the honeymoon phase to a violent kind of turn, even though it may mean like he still likes her and it may still mean positive which I think is kind of about like abuse in relationships like they may mean well and that's why it happens but why do you think people act violent towards the people that they love in exclusive relationships well I have um as a young girl <coughs> growing up a young child I had two brothers and I have to be honest and say both of my parents were alcoholics. Um, many, I would say every day, every dinner that we would have as a, have as a family, um, I would hear my father in anger because he had had so much to drink and my mother who was drinking to try to forget all this that was coming out, is very verbally abusive. Uh, especially to my brothers. I was the middle child, I was a girl, but he was abusive to my mother and to both of my brothers. So I kind of saw, I knew that they loved each other, they always stayed together. I knew that, but I did see that violent part that you were referring to. It's kind of an ugly part of a marriage. and I. Divorce was very rare back then. Um, was it really? In the 1960s. Divorce was, was rare? It was rare. especially Now it's my, like ha more than half of people know, who get but, married get but, divorced. But it was very different back then, Madison, because we were in a small southern rural community. Divorce was really kind of a bad name. But as I recall, there were many times that I thought, to myself, Mom, why do you listen to this every night? Um, so when it came to my looking at a person as a real possibility for romance and marriage, I was very aware of that. I didn't want to go near a relationship like that. Pop-Pop and I dated for three, three and a half years before we were married. I felt like I knew him. Um, I also saw his parents 
His father had been in the Navy. His mother was a natural, um, she was a naturalized citizen of the United States. She was from Romania. And they fell in love and I saw his treatment of her while I'm dating Pop-Pop. And you know, there's a saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. And so I've, I really felt that Pop-Pop would emulate his parents or his, particularly his father in, in a relationship with a girl to become a woman. Yeah. When do you think the shift happened in history? Because like you said, there were no divorces back then or it was really rare. When do you think the shift happened of the treatment kind of going south in relationships? Because today it's like every day we hear something negative. Yeah, that would that's a good question. When did that happen? I think okay, I'm probably going to address why it happened and I don't really know this, but as we watch some of the TV shows like for instance All in the Family. Um it wasn't Ozzy and Harriet. It wasn't Leave it to Beaver, Ward and June. It was a totally different persona of a marital relationship uh, when Archie is telling Edith what to do and she's kind of intimidated by it all. And and it, it was just a, I, I won't blame the media, but I think there, I, I think the music yeah, of that time, the lyrics had an effect on people, more of uh, open relationships or, or, um, that's a good question. And you're asking me, when did that happen? I would say uh, <coughs> probably early 60s we're seeing that, that, that chance and then that evolved um, and, and onward. Yeah, I feel As like- the permissiveness of the music and the things that are on TV yeah. uh, slowly became non-censored in a way or non-protective of young children or that things like that, then then I see that, that evolve. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Okay, so now we're going to move into the cheating aspect, our second bullet under the theme of hunger. So also in The Big Smoke, the same um, book of poems, there's a poem called Letter to Bell, and it's dated March 10th, 1910. And it's basically just about love versus lust so I guess my question to you is why do people feel the need to venture outside their own relationships and this kind of also has to deal with open relationships as well because this quote I'm just going to give you a little snippet Um, I sat outside his hotel room while he was with another woman both of them howling like death so I guess why do people want to put a healthy relationship at risk by going out and just experimenting with other people. Okay. Um, I think in that situation, I'm being very frank, I think the relationship becomes a me-oriented rather than a we-oriented. When a person is consumed by their own desires, um, the moment, instant (coughs) gratification, uh, that 
becomes consuming and um, it can be a, a hunger, yes, a hunger for them. Now I also think um, that in a relationship like Pop Pops and, and mine, um, it's a faith-based relationship too. We both have a faith. Um, that that is seen as as a commandment. Do not covet thy neighbor's mm -hmm. wife. Um, when you try to live, and, and Pop-Pop and I are not perfect by any means, but when that is in your background, when it has been taught to you and you understand the significance of it and it means something to you, the we part of the relationship becomes more important than the me uh, because you realize what devastation can occur when that happens. Mm -hmm. And that is a strong negative consequence that you would not want in your relationship. I feel like also people just don't have self-control and they like curiosity okay. killed the cat, you know, because yeah. this quote is also from the same poem. Papa loves Etta, but he loves what a woman can be more. And I feel like that leads into commitment and I'm just, I'm not being sexist or anything, mm -hmm. but I'm just going to use, say a guy cheats on a woman, he might see something or be like the slightest bit unhappy and then just kind of venture out and mm -hmm. get a little curious and then before you know it, it's been happening for six months. Right. So I feel like that's also a factor. But leading into commitment, um, Night Sky and Exit Wounds is a different poetry book that we read by Ocean Vong, and I don't have a specific poem from this one because it all kind of has the same message of romance, violence, and love, but also devoting yourself to one person. So was commitment easier back then, I guess, is my first question? I think, I think it was <clears throat> because... Um, it was stressed uh, in the marriage vows and uh, the talks that you would have with the minister prior to. Uh, commitment was a part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And it was a part of, of my decision to marry Pop-Pop and I'm sure his decision to marry me. Is this person committed to the us? Is she, is she committed to me? Um, and Probably more, I don't know if commitment's really talked about now, Maddie, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know, I don't think it is as important. It's just like one of the vows that you automatically say, but do people really think about it? And commitment means taking the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Um, I mean, some people run from that. They, they can't handle that. What keeps you and Pop Pop committed to each other every day after all these years of being married? Well, we've been married 47 years. We've known each <laughs> other insane. for 50. That is a little bit unusual. What keeps us committed every day? I think it's, wow, it's thinking about the other person more than you think about yourself. Thinking about Pop Pop's needs or what his day is like rather than 
what mine is dating. That's what people always say is like that's how you know when you're in love when you think of the other person. When you when you think of the other person. But commitment every day is 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 kind of like a choice. I mean, I guess I could say, okay, I'm not going to be committed yet to him today. <laughs> but then, what are the consequences of that? Yeah. Uh, would I lose the love he has for me? Yes, I would if I didn't weren't committed. Um, and respect for that person is part of the everyday commitment to that person because you respect them. You love them. You you admire them. I mean, Pop-Pop is number one. I mean, he <laughs> he's the greatest. I mean, God had a plan when he put us together, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, that's cute. <laughs> um, so today we have temptations. Society has just changed, and I think social media is the big, literally the only factor almost like we have tinder and we have speed dating and online dating and we have snapchat and instagram like slide into the dms like that's a saying <laughs> and then we have like I don't even know these terms. <clears throat> and then we so have funny. another saying i don't like how i say we have because i don't use it but side hoe is like a quote <gasps> that <laughs> it's horrible oh my but gosh. how does this like how does this mentality of today's society make you feel about dating in my generation well, it gives me concern. It gives me pause for concern. It gives me more than concern, uh, worry. Um, because uh, I don't know a lot about these sites. I really don't. I'm not even on Facebook. But I, um, again, it's reverting to that me and, and addressing my current need for the, for the day or uh, a compulsion to build your whole life around finding someone rather than I'd rep, I'm going to find someone but is it the right one um, uh, it's a compulsion to popularity maybe a compulsion to find someone you feel uh, stressed about not having someone in your life uh, I never, I never kind of felt that. Of course, I met Pop Up when I'm a sophomore, uh, but I didn't even feel that as a young, younger than that in high school. Um, I didn't feel like I had to have somebody else to make me important. Yeah. To make me visual to somebody, and I think that's kind of what it's all about—the likes and the, the how many likes you get, relationship or all, all this status. Stuff. Yeah, relationship <laughs> status. Uh, all these kinds of things, and it's privy to everybody. So many people know that. It's almost like the uh, soap opera world of today, social media and, and all of that. I mean, does that, did I answer the question? I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so now we're segmenting into our third topic under hunger, which is sex. The good stuff. Okay. <laughs> this is why I texted you this okay. morning. I have a group chat with Mimi and Pop Pop, <coughs> and I texted and I said maybe Pop Pop should sit this one out. So I just he have Mimi here. Did you say it was I said awkward. it was going to be he awkward? Said it, was, it might be awkward. So he is definitely <laughs> off with JU today. So, um, so I I'm going to go back to what you said about it's all about the likes and the relationship status and relationships in this generation. 
and I feel like that's right, but also people care about other people's sex lives. I don't know if you know that, but people will dig in deep to see like celebrities well, the Kardashians as well. started all that. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> that's not. True. But anyway, people I know, will yeah, celebrity. Yeah. yeah, celebrities. People will say, "Oh, who slept with this person?" Like, and it's just a whole deal. But it's like that with normal people too. Like, if someone finds out that you quote unquote hooked up with someone, it'll like drop jaws everywhere. So, it's a it's a big deal. And in this book. Um, <clears throat> on Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous, there is a quote, and this is from Night Sky with Exit Wounds by Ocean Vong, and <laughs> I'm scared to say it, it's going to be awkward, oh well. I learned that a man in climax was the closest thing to surrender. That's a quote. And basically this whole poem is about, it's alluding to sex and also violence and the relationship between the two. But I'm just going to focus on the sex aspect because it seems, it gives off the sexism kind of vibe. Because it's talking, it's basically a man discussing how sex can also be dangerous and violent. And so I wanted to ask if sexism in general was a big issue as it is now in the dating world back then. Does that make sense? Okay. Because now every day we see on the news like, new sex scandals and like um oh you're talking the, about the man's yeah um like was that as big of a deal as it is now no but i think it was kind of i think it was there i think it was happening um but you didn't read about it it wasn't on the news walter concrete never talked about anything like that yeah um Chad Huntley and David Brinkley did not talk about anything like that. It, so, so the news has kind of spearheaded things like that. And I'm not saying it's not wrong. Uh, it is sexism is wrong, but we didn't know about it. We were, so many. We were all naive, uh, unless you were in that circle where it was taking place. Um, I'm not sure I'm answering your question. Right? No, you are. I mean, it's the whole poem is about equating violence and sex. But this is also, a, it's not really violence, but it's kind of like sexual harassment. Um, in New York City, this is a video released on YouTube like a few years ago. It's this woman in literally ripped jeans and a t-shirt, the most unattractive outfit in the world. And she videotaped herself walking around New York City and minding her own business and people guys are just catcalling her and it's just it's plain harassment and so I wanted to ask you like were women as targeted as they are now and vice okay. versa I mean I'm and just I'm, my discussion may you may not agree with my discussion okay, okay. We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll agree to disagree we won't come to any <laughs> violence though okay you and I <laughs> me and Maddie um, now you said she was in the worst outfit. Possible. I mean, maybe Rip not jeans, the worst, but like, not like a short dress and not tight pants. But you did say ripped jeans. Yeah. Okay. Uh, see, I'm seeing it as ripped jeans today, um, and the cat calls that she got everywhere in New York City. I'm relating that to. Um, 
I mean, maybe these guys that are doing the cat calls or whatever see something seductive in that, in that outfit or whatever. Um, so uh, what was her response to it? She said she hated it. She I mean, she just kept walking. She, she didn't just talk kept to walking. Them. She kept walking. Um, that is a lack of respect on the man's side, I think. Today, when I see outfits or whatever, um, it's, I mean, it's seductive. I mean, it really is. Uh, so would that, the outfits of today initiate catcalls? Oh, yes. Uh, is it a harassment? Did you ask for that harassment when you're wearing those outfits? Uh, I don't know. This, it's kind of a gray line right there for me. Um, and I think men should be able to evolve as well. I mean, I'm not... I sound like really sexist right now because I'm only saying women are being sexually harassed or catcalled. That that's not true. I'm just focusing in on this example. Okay. But I feel like if clothing evolves, like because men dress the way they want to, yeah. And I feel like women should have that's the freedom point. to be able to that's wear a, whatever they want. That's a good point. That's and a good so point. and say no. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what do you point. think brought on the whole like sexism just rise? Even the fact, even not even like sexual harassment, even the fact that women get paid not as much as men sometimes. Like, what do you think brought this on? Because I, I feel like it was always kind of like that way. And in one aspect, we're getting better because women are fighting for themselves. In another aspect, we're just getting worse because stuff like this just keeps happening. Well, I think we needed to know that this is happening. Um, and so it's been brought to our attention over over the last, what, 20 years maybe, of, of this evolving. Um, the sexual scandals, the, um, but I think it needed to be brought out into the open. Um, there is no reason a lady in doing the same job should be that a gentleman is should receive less money. Yeah. I mean that there's no excuse for that. And I think as people heard about that, um, America has gotten upset about that. That it should not be that way. Um, so I, I'm glad that it has made the news. I'm glad that you know. Uh, people are upset and that uh, have energized the movement and um, as far as what comes out on the TV stations now as to the last harassment or all, all of that I mean shame on these people that thought it would not yeah and and that we're thinking about me and now they're oh so sorry but they've destroyed their families Mm -hmm. They distort. They've, you know, it's it's just not right. So it will be in the open at some point. Yeah, and I'm glad this has been happening. Yeah, the reason I like discuss like the consequences, I guess, of this is because in all of these poems, they all like discuss the issue, but they don't discuss the aftermath as much as the actual event of it 
happening. When was that book written, Maddie? This was published in 2016. I just looked. Okay. So it's relatively Some of them are published later, though, but they're also outdated. Like, they were meant to be... But no no one talks (coughs) about the consequences. No, not... No. There are real consequences. Yeah, so that's why I wanted to, like, talk about that in this podcast. Okay. But, okay, to wrap this up... um, Oh, no! I'm having to... (laughs) So, I have two younger siblings... Um, one's a little boy and one's a little girl, but I'm going to be a little girl in this scenario. So what's your advice to me and my little brother, Leo? Like to me, how I guess to know, like, how do I find like the genuine right guy, I guess? And then for Leo, how in this society, how to be a good guy? Because a bunch of people just think they just want to fit in with the crowd and they think like, Oh, doing all this bad stuff is cool. Right. So what would you say to him, too, to, right, to Leo, be a good person? I adore. Yeah. Leo is a good person from within. He is a quiet, genuinely lovely, if I can say that, mm-hmm. young man. Um, what do I say to him? Treat people well. Uh, look at healthy examples of relationships around you whether it be your parents, your grandparents, your friends parents look um, to how they treat each other and and emulate that and when you when you do think you have found the right one give it a lot of time to think about it and see what the uh, uh, that person's behavior, reactions, treatment of you, respect of you, how it goes in in longevity. How how they do they do they change their colors after three weeks? That's somebody you don't want. Um, <coughs> seek someone that respects you as a person and that is committed to the two of you. Uh, and the, and ask those questions of them. Uh, for you, same thing. Um, I I think I was just telling you at lunch how much maturity I've seen in the last year, and how much I respect you, and how proud we are of you, and just don't settle for anybody less than that that's going to pull you down to to their standards because you can't change somebody uh, that I think people get into a relationship and they think oh there are these few little things we can work on um, <laughs> that's what we were talking and, about uh, last night too. and it's, it's it just doesn't work that way that person is who they are and they're not going to change unless they're forced to change mm-hmm. and most people don't uh, do that uh, look for someone that will get through the hard knocks with you because life is sad sometimes. Um, and I'm just I'm gonna say this. I mean, you know, Pop Pop and I what we've what we've gone through uh, as far as as losing a child, and most of the time that wrecks a marriage. Ninety four percent of marriages don't survive that. Sometimes the pain. Can really 
put you is is a is a force for the two of you to unite and 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 stand in there together. So you have to look for somebody courageous that is looks to you as um, as a guiding light and that you have that capacity for that for the joy within within both of you. I mean um, that you can hang in there through the through the bad times. Aww. And, and you have to do that, Mr. <coughs> Maddie. Sometimes that's, sometimes that's faith, too. Yeah. But it's trust, respect of that person, and, and knowing, knowing that person. Ending on a good note. Ending on a good <laughs> note, and I'm so happy to be at JMU this weekend. Yeah. I'm glad you selected me for the no interview. Thank problem. you. Thank you for sitting. We This is like 40 minutes long, I Whoa. think. Whoa. I know. Whoa. I had to find you a way to put it together. <laughs> All right, we'll see how this works out. Okay, I'm well, hoping it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Honey. Bye.